Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. It is Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. I cannot believe it's February. It's crazy. Uh, my name is Megan, and I am here with the ever-lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Hello. Hi. Can you believe it's February? Uh, you know what? At this point, I'll believe just about anything. But no, I can't because my little child, who is not so little, becomes a teenager exactly one week uh-huh. from today. Craziness. Well, anyway, we have some awesome things going on at Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. Um, we are going to be starting a new series um, for the Music and mo- music and Movie Mondays. Um, we're going to be showcasing iconic actors and actresses, and we're going to be talking about the first one. Um, that we decided to focus on, and that's Mr. Tom Hanks. He seems like a universal one to celebrate, to be the first one. Um, And both me and Kristen will be uh, reaching out to all of you guys to get ideas of um, actors and actresses you want to celebrate um, so that we can add to our list to make sure that we're talking about the right people. Um, So be ready to give us some feedback on that. Uh, We also have entertainment news. We have some music updates. Um, I have a couple of movie reviews um, that I want to touch, and then we'll get into our main discussion about Tom Hanks. So we have a pretty jam-packed show today. Are you ready, Kristen? So ready. So the first I want to start with is entertainment news, and I found this interesting, and I'm curious to know what you think about this one, Kristen. So you know how everything is being remade. (laughs) The thing going on for years. It seems to be not stopping anytime soon. Um, it has been announced that they are going to remake Wizard of Oz. And they figured out who is going to be the director, and it's Nicole Castle, um, which is he, she is basically the creative <clears throat> genius between uh, behind the Watchmen series. And it has been described mm-hmm. as not a musical. So it's not going to be trying to chase after Judy Garland and her voice and what makes the Wizard of Oz, Oz, the old school Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz is going to be a fresh new take on the story. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. if you're curious about that 
or if you're one of those people who are just like, Wizard of Oz happened, let's move on with our lives. So I don't have anything against movies that are really old being remade, like in current times, maybe a little updated, etc. But one, if you're going to take a movie like Wizard of Oz, you better do it real good because it's already really good, right? Really good actors, really good movie. It is. Especially for its time, really good. But that movie has already been remade a million times in some form or the other. Can we, like, get mm-hmm. some new ideas? That's my feeling on the matter. Stop remaking stuff. And stop remaking stuff that's newer, too. Like, I, I know some things, like, Harry Potter's pretty old. I just heard there's going to be a Harry Potter TV show. Like, quit it. Go get some original ideas and stop. It's not that old. You have to at least wait for the millennials to die out before you can make a new Harry Potter, I feel like. I yeah, think like, 80s I are cool. You should not be remaking anything from the 90s and on at this point. Not yet. It's not old enough. <laughs> Mainly because it makes me feel insecure about my age. And right. second, we're the vintage channel on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel archaic. Um, but I yep. think what I, I was not excited about the Wizard of Oz idea, but I'm interested in it if Nicole Castle can make it feel dystopian feeling opposed to magical feeling. Because mm. if you've ever seen a Watchmen, the Watchmen is a very stylized kind of TV show. So if they took Wizard of Oz and made it more dystopian feeling, I think that could be an interesting take on it. I don't approve. Stop it. <laughs> could be. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, no. The other news that I have, uh, not really a big news because it, it, I don't think it's going to stop Disney from making more films. But Disney owns a lot of animation studios. They own Pixar, of course. They have, of course, their Disney animation. And they had Blue Sky Studios. And Blue Sky Studios is in charge of, like, the Ice Age movies, the the Rio, um, and, and several others as well. Okay. Um, in order to consolidate their assets um, because of the economic losses due to COVID-19, they decided to close down Blue Sky Studios so they could focus on Pixar and Disney. Um, so Blue Sky Studios, their their third animation studio is officially closed. Um, All right, then. I think I'd be sad, sad with Pixar. Oh my god! Like if they close Pixar, I'd be like, oh my, what? No, that's that. What's wrong with? But Blue Sky Studios, whatever. Right. Agreed. Um, and then we had some iconic deaths that happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, the legendary Christopher Plummer um, passed away at the age of 91. He's been in so many different movies. I don't even know where to begin. He's had a 70-year-old career. Um, he's fantastic. He is a talented. He's a legend. Um, so he passed away. Um, and then also Mary Wilson, who is the longest-reigning Supreme um, passed away at age 76. So both of those people have given us a lot of really good art um, that will live on past them and thank them and thoughts to their to their families. That's very sad. Too many people dying. I know. I was listening. To, I was listening. There really is, and it's not even like COVID related. It just seems like everyone is passing away for for various different yeah. things all at the same time. 
Um, I was listening to the Supremes this morning. The Supremes are awesome. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Take a listen. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we're ready for some music updates. So um, for the top five albums on, okay, (laughs) I feel a lot of pressure now. (laughs) I know, right? Top five five albums on the Billboard Top 200. Um, We have number five, which is The Voice by Lil Durk. Number four, After Hours by The Weeknd. Um, Kristen, did you catch the Super Bowl on Sunday? I did. So, what did you think of the weekend's performance at halftime? I didn't think it was bad, but, man, people sure ripped it on, like, Twitter and such. Whew. Yeah, I thought it was a fine I was like, I thought it was I don't good. Think it was wholesome. I think he, they were mad because there was no, like, boob showing or, like, twerking. <laughs> I think they were mad about that. It was, like, wholesome. Yeah, I agree, and I thought it was just a good performance. I don't think it's a legendary, like... I don't think it's going to be no. one that we talk about forever. Um, but it was, I think it was the, it was the type of half show, halftime show that we needed for this time period. One that's lack, lack yeah. controversy and was just straightforward. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and then number three, number three is Evermore by Taylor Swift. Number two is Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Um, and number one is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Whalen, um, who's gotten in some hot water um, for using the N-word um, in the last oh, couple of weeks. Hard. That's not. Yeah. And then for the top five songs of the Billboard Top 100, we have number five, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring Baby. I have to say, this song... I, I didn't know if I liked it at first, but then the more I listened to it, the more I vibed to it, and I found myself driving on Saturday, like, doing full-on car dance, like, full-on. <laughs> like, people next to me staring at me like I'm crazy, full-on dancing. Um, so if you haven't taken a listen to that song, I definitely recommend. Number four is 34 Plus 35 by Ariana Grande. Number three, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number two, Mood by 24K Golden featuring Ian Dior. And number one, which is the new song that everyone's talking about, um, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo is the star of, let me see if I can say this right, is the star of High School, the musical, the musical, the series on Disney+. Plus. Um, That's so confusing. You, Whose idea was that? It is. <laughs> I don't know, but it is a good show. I enjoy that show. Have you listened to the song? Um, no, and I have to be real. I've never even seen High School Musical, the original, so <laughs> I, I have no I, idea. I never is, liked High School Musical. I have not heard this I song. thought the High School um, But the show is good. Um, it's It's a really good song. So definitely take a look. It, it, there's a lot of emotion to it. So people are um, very much talking about that song lately. All right. Um, so I decided that I'm going to talk about albums that were released the week before um, and one week in the future, just because I feel like more manageable and kind of sticks within the times. So last Friday, there's a few Absolutely. albums that were released um, that I feel like 
you should check out. The Foo Fighters released a new album called Medicine at Midnight. It's pretty good. Um, Hallie Williams released Flowers of Vases. And The Weather Station, um, which is a really good band, um, released an album called Ignorance. So that's what came out last week. Um, and then what's coming out February 12th is um, Florida Georgia Line has a new album called Life Rolls On. Bodies of Water um, with their album Is This What It's Like? And The Pretty Reckless uh, with their album Death by Rock and Roll. Um, so a couple of really good rock bands and a, a country um, group um, have some music coming out this Friday. So that's what's on the new music radar. All right. I'm in. And now I'm going to recommend something. So this is a blast from the past. He's been around for a very long time. Um, He has six albums. Um, Kristen, have you heard of Matt Kearney? I feel like the name is familiar. I'm really bad at names, so it's it's very possible. Okay, so... The the best so he kind of fits in the soft rock folk category, but he has a little hip hop in there as well. Um, I was listening to him on a drive on Saturday, the same drive that I was dancing to Dua Lipa with, and his song um, popped up in my 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 playlist, and I was like, man, like I've forgotten how amazing he is. So I wanted to bring him back and show him some love. Um, just in case people missed him when he was uh, popular for like five minutes a few years ago. Um, so here is Matt Kearney. Um, this is one that most, I think, m- most people could recognize, and it's called Ships in the Night. Like ships in the night, you can't All right, sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties. I'm back. Um, have you heard that song, Kristen? I haven't, but I really, um, I wasn't, one, I wasn't expecting, like, the switch. Like, it was, like, all vibey and, like, chill, and all of a sudden it was, like, hard-hitting. And I really like that. It, remi- it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of, like, the same vibe. Maybe not the same, like, style, obviously, but the same vibe. Like, remember the song Airplanes by B, I think it was B.O.B.? I don't know what their actual name is. Um it yeah. had the same vibe, like it was really, yeah, it like same vibe, like it was chill, and all of a sudden it was there, and then it was chill. Like I really like that. I like that. Yeah, it goes in and out. I, I I just think Matt Kearney is just really good at flipping the melody and the rhythm with really emotional lyrics. Like if you listen to his songs, they're they're very emotionally driven, and it kind of matches yeah. the waves of his music. So here's another song that I think also showcases what you're talking about, Kristen. Don't know where you're coming from, but you're coming soon To a cure for Morgan, the way of California All in this morning, I've ever known or seen
All right. And I think right there, like, again, it's that, that switch of the rhythm and the melody and how he crafts his lyrics to fit. I think it's just, it's just very clever. I agree. I, uh, I don't know. Like, the, the description of, like, the style music, like, that's, it's, it's, I had something completely else, like, something completely different in my head. Um, and I <laughs> liked it. Uh, so I'm a fan. I like it. I'm going to have to look him up, add some music. Sweet. Goal accomplished. I wanted some new fans for Matt Journey. So go ahead, check him out on Spotify. He has all his music up there um, for you to kind of stream through and see if you like his vibes. Um, I think he is very underrated, um, and I think he deserves way more say, attention than he's. Yeah. I just want to tell all of our listeners that, um, you should absolutely 100% listen to Megan and her music recommendations because, fun fact, years ago, Megan kept messaging me when we did a different show together. She was like, Kristen, you got to listen to this dude. You got to listen to this dude. You got to try to get him on the show. You got to try it. This message is so cool and he's so small, but he's going to be huge. And I was like, okay, okay. And I kept putting it off. And then, like, finally, when I got around to like messaging the management, he had already kind of started blowing up. That someone was Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Megan knew him before anyone was talking about him. And she was like, this dude is legit. Yes. He's going to blow up. And that has not been the only time that has happened. So you have to listen to Megan and all of her music recommendations because she knows what she's talking about. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yes. <laughs> I just still laugh about that. Like, probably was, like, proudest moment. Listen to him. And I was like, eh. And then there he was. <laughs> now she always listens to me. Yeah. All right, so Kristen, what's going on in the movie world? Absolutely nothing. You know what, actually? That's a lie. There's nothing regarding, like, really, like, box offices. But I do want to say that um, I've been seeing trailers for, like, upcoming movie. And a lot of them are, like, what would be big big like movie theater show movies but they say like an additional charge on Disney Plus or whatever so I'm going to do some research into some movies that are going to be coming out here soon that are being promoted for like some of these streaming services because sending them to the movie theaters just isn't something they're going to do right now um, my movie theater sign yeah. actually says New York has closed their theaters if there's no New York movies there's no popcorn here we're closed <laughs> But yeah, but um, otherwise, watch all the movies, guys. There's so many good things right now. Um, I watched a really good documentary on um, Discovery Plus the other day about John Bonnet Ramsey. Um, There's lots of movies, uh, (laughs) documentaries and regular movies alike, and uh, watch them. You watch some, yeah? I did. I watched a couple. Um, so one movie is the new release that, um, Netflix had on movies, which is Malcolm and Marie. Um, it stars Zendaya Mm -hmm. and I was super curious about it. So I watched it. I watched it. When did I watch it? I think I watched it on Saturday, Saturday night. Apparently Saturday was a really busy day for me. Um, so I (laughs) watched Malcolm and Marie, um, and basically I didn't know what it was really about, 
by the title, I figured it had to do with a romance of some kind, because usually when you put a female and a male name and a title, it's usually about that relationship. But really, it's it's a very raw narrative of, like, the destructiveness of relationships and how to work through it. And I still am processing this movie. It, it, so basically, it only has two actors in it. So there's only two characters, Malcolm and Marie. <clears throat> Malcolm is a, a, a black film, filmmaker that just released a film um, for a premiere night that is about a recovering drug addict. Um, and Marie is his girlfriend. And it starts off with them coming home. He's kind of in a celebratory mood. He, she's kind of like very quiet. Um, and then they get mm-hmm. into a fight and the whole movie is the fight of them going oh. back and forth like explaining their cases and like you learn bits, little bits and pieces of their relationship and things they've done and why Marie's a little upset about the situation um, and then kind of them working through it and in the end I'm not sure if it's a good ending or a bad ending it's kind of very open ended kind of so that you can make it up as you want. So if you feel like they should break up, your mind can, can say that they broke up. Um, or if you said, if you thought that they were going to make up, then you can say that too. It's a very open-ended ending. Um, and it's very emotional. Like, I was like, I, I like, it seems a little weird that you could watch a movie about two people fighting and it would be entertaining for an hour what? and a half. But that hour and a half went by quick. Like, I was so enamored, enamored by it because it was intense. Uh, um, very interesting. And the dialogue. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I'm very curious to know what you think about this. Um, I, I think about it because it, it's such an interesting concept. Um, and also there's a lot of commentary on race and stuff in there as well. So it, it's it's an interesting movie. And so they, they filmed it during quarantine. Um, so all the production and everything happened during quarantine times. Um which is why it was allowed to happen because there's only two actors on set. So it was like a perfect movie <laughs> to be, um, to manage for quarantine time. Um, but it was really interesting. So I definitely check it out, see what you think. Let me know what you, what your opinion on that one is. Um, and then the other one is I'm in the middle of watching all the Studio Ghibli movies. Um, they're available on HBO Max. And I watched nice. one that's called Pompoco. And I'm not sure if this is a movie recommendation or just a, <laughs> or just a movie <laughs> like mentioning of strangeness. But so basically the story is there's a group of raccoons who, <laughs> whose home is being ruined by humans because we're evil and we like to do things like destroy forests to build things. Um, so it's an environmental type of a movie. But the raccoons in the story can change shape. So it's based on Japanese mythology. So they're shapeshifters. Um, so the raccoons can turn into people or turn into different things. But the raccoons themselves, one of their most distinctive traits is that their ball sacks okay. can enlarge to create big, giant like blankets. And they can use it what? to like fly. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. 
I'm watching this movie. I'm like, oh, it's an environmental movie about raccoons. And then the teacher raccoon is like talking to a bunch of younger raccoons talking about shape shifting. And um, this was after they separated the boys and the girls. And the teacher's like, let me show you something that you guys can do. What you're sitting on is actually my ball sack. So the kids were literally like sitting on the ball sack rug. Basically, that's the premise of the story. So if you are interested in seeing what big, giant raccoon ball sacks can do, uh, Tom Poco might be the movie for you. I was very stunned. But intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) It is is the most bizarre thing ever. (laughs) That's awesome. So so that's my bizarre recommendation. And then Malcolm and Marie is my real recommendation. But yeah, that's that's what I watched. Awesome. Nice. I'll never look at raccoons the same. Clearly. All right. Is there any? Did you watch anything else, or are we ready? I didn't. I haven't been watching much. Yeah, I haven't been watching much TV. I've been. I started rewatching a show, which I'll talk about later. But um, that's about it. I haven't been watching very many movies. Yeah, TV shows are easier to to digest right now. It's bizarre. They are. I don't know why it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, because I can watch as many TV shows as I would a movie, but just something about it in the brain makes sense. All right. Yeah. So let us talk about someone who I think is probably one of the greatest icons in American history, let alone the greatest one of the greatest actors we've seen, um, and that is Tom Hanks. Would you agree with that statement? Hands down, like if I were to sit here and think, what is the, one of the most iconic male actors of my lifetime? Tom Hanks is definitely at the top, um, and I don't know, I don't know anyone who hasn't seen a Tom Hanks movie. Me neither. And I think, and in terms of like, like there's just some people who are just universally loved. Like there's some people who are very controversial. Mm-hmm. I don't think many people controversially dislike Tom Hanks. I think when when we learned that Tom right. Hanks had COVID, I feel like the whole world was like, no. <laughs> like, don't kill Tom Hanks. Because I think that right. he's just a very universally loved actor. And I, I kind of want to explore, yeah. like, why do you think that is? Why do you think so many people enjoy him. Is it the movie choices he makes or is it something about his acting style that makes him um, so lovable? I think it's a mixture. So I think with his acting, he's so iconic because it seems like he can do just about anything. Like a lot of actors get stuck in like they're an action star or they're a cop or they're the bad guy. He can literally do anything. He's done comedy. He's done drama. He's done really sad. He's done true story. Um, he's done controversial true, true stories where the, the movie doesn't necessarily match the real-life story and people are upset about that. He's done cartoons. He's done, um, like, mysteries, spy things. Like, he can literally take any role. I mean, he was freaking Mr. Rogers. Like, he can take anything and do it perfectly. 
And I think that's a huge part of, uh, on the acting side is why he's so iconic. But I think people also relate to him because, like, he's he's married to, what's her name, Rita, Rita Wilson? Is that her name? Rita Wilson, yep. Yeah, so he's married to her. I feel like they've been married forever. Um, they have kids uh, who are amazing and talented. Uh, I mean, he seems like this family guy. He seems like... I can't say he is for sure because I don't know him, but I would bet my last dollar that he is a genuinely good person. Like he speaks out for things that need speaking out for. And he, he, you know, he, whether it's to cheer him up or put things like crush, crush negativity. Um, like mm-hmm. I just think he's just a genuinely good spirit to have in the world. And that's also what makes yeah, him iconic. Sure. Like, he's yeah, one of those and people, I, I would you know, say this, like, you know you meet actors that are, like, they're kind of jerks you hear? Like, you, like I've met a few where I'm like, you're awesome, and they turn out to be a jerk, and I'm like, you're not that famous. You're not there. Like, Tom <laughs> Hanks could be a very pompous, arrogant guy because of how talented he is and how successful he is, but he's not. He's humble. No, he definitely, his persona, uh, the persona of him off the screen and on the screen even, I think is, is in terms of the roles that he picks, I think he's very mindful of what he does. I think he, he tries to go for things with a message. I mean, even just thinking about um, some of the movies that he's done that have actually um, won him Academy Award nominations or um, – actual award so he's so for Forrest Gump he he won the best actor for Academy Award he also won it for Philadelphia um Philadelphia where he plays um someone who has AIDS um which was in 94 so this was kind of in the tail end um of the AIDS pandemic uh, where they started to use meds that were starting to help the situation Uh, but there was a lot of stigma and there was a lot of um bad feelings about people who have AIDS and how they get it. Um, and he played a character that had it. And I thought that was completely iconic. Um, and then of course, in 2020, mm-hmm. he got nominated for a beautiful day in the neighborhood where he plays Mr. Rogers in 2001, he this got nominated awesome. for best actor for the movie Castaway, which he was able to pull off where he's the majority of the movie. He's by himself talking to a volleyball. <laughs> and let me tell you, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is probably the only actor I would ever go see a movie where he is by himself talking to a volleyball. <laughs> I'm not sure right. if I could, any other actor could do that. Um, and then in 1999, um, he got nominated for Saving Private Ryan. Um, and then 1989, which is his first nomination, he got nominated for um, his role in Big. Um, so those are some of the, like, award-winning or award-turning films that he's been in. And all of them, those movies have a message about human nature or about, like, even the war movies that he's in. It's not just about war. There's usually something else in it. Um, now, both me and you, Kristen, picked a war movie that he starred in as one of our favorites. But we picked different ones. Um, so you picked um, The Greyhound. Now, I didn't see The Greyhound, so you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but did you feel like The Greyhound had more of a message than just being a war film, or did you think it was just a war film? I do think it was more than just a war film because it's based on a story 
um, that had to do with World War II that we didn't hear about a lot. So when you think of World War II, you always think about um, you think about Europe, you think about the bombings, you think about um, people hearing the air raid sirens, um, you think about like Auschwitz, you think about things like that. But you don't think about how products and soldiers and stuff got from the U.S. to Europe because of, you know, they didn't have, they couldn't just put it on a commercial airliner at that point. That that wasn't really a thing. Um, and so right. they put them in these boats and these, these ships had to cross this strait that um, was a big deal. It was like a blackout, like, uh, the planes from America couldn't help them. The planes from Europe couldn't help them. They were on their own. So it was, I feel like it was like it was this captain, it was his first trip. And it was his first time doing this by himself. And he was in charge of protecting this entire fleet of ships with cargo and goods and soldiers. And I just think, like, a, it should have just been like, ooh, ships blowing each other up. Ooh, you know, like a typical war movie. I feel like that, like, he took this new captain and like you know um just little things like his feet hurt and he changed his shoes and put like slippers on because his feet hurt in his shoes and he was up for like 48 hours and it was just anything he does he makes better but i just think greyhound wasn't just a typical war movie it was more about the people that had to deal with that stuff mm -hmm even though there was a lot of yeah, blood and I, stuff, too. Of course. It's, it's, at the end of the day, it is a war movie. It's a war movie. And I feel very <laughs> <laughs> I feel very similar about Saving Private Ryan, which is probably not just one of my yeah. favorite Tom Hanks movies, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, period, is that it, it really shows the human side of it, and it, it tells a very interesting story. So we haven't seen Saving Private Ryan. Um, it's about... Um, a, a military family where all of the sons are at war um, and there's only one member of this family, this one male, um, one son left in this family and his name is Private Ryan. Um, and Tom H Hanks and a group of soldiers' job was to find Private Ryan um, and bring him back home safe so that at least one son was alive um, because the rest of them passed away or was killed in war. Um, and so that was it. And what I what I what I liked about it was it, it really focused in like the, the the focus on the characters were really there. And Tom Hanks is get, mm -hmm. got this this mission, and he's thinking to himself, why am I like you know we ha we're in the middle of a war? Why should I go and save one person? Like, what what is the use of that to to go and find this guy right. who's fighting a war like me? Why does he get to be saved? And in the process of them going to find this guy, his men can be killed in the process of that, right? To be able to find this guy and bring him home and send him back to his mom. People might lose their lives in this process. And so it's really interesting to kind of, like, think about whether that was a good decision or bad decision. And Tom Hanks plays it so perfectly because you can see him get frustrated where he hates Private Ryan. <laughs> like, damn you, because of all of this. And, I had to go through all this pain for you. Um, but also the, like, the duty part of it is 
like at the end of the day, isn't it important that we just save someone? So like, it just, I feel like he plays it in such a very humane way. And I think that's what Tom Hanks is really good at. It's just putting the humanity in a character. Um, and just to point out, like just the, um, an, another movie that, that both me and Kristen um, put as our favorites is a league of their own. Now his character, <laughs> his character, Jimmy, um, in a league of their own is not a nice guy. He's a bit of a dick. Um, in, and he's a gross dick. He spits, he scratches his balls. He's, 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 he's not a very polite person, right? That's why his catchphrase is there's no crying in baseball. Um, but I, I love him. He's gross. He's angry. He's a dick. But Jimmy was amazing. He's such a great character. He was. <laughs> and when and he had these um, little moments where he he was amazing. Like when the soldier brought the the notice of death for one of the girls, and he was like, "Oh, I don't have a name. I have to go back." And he's like, "No, no, no. You're going to give that to me because you're not going to make them sit here wondering if it's their husband, basically." Um, and so his character was so good, and like. I don't know this. That movie is like one of my all-time favorite movies of all time, like ever. Yeah, agreed. It's it's up there as well for me. But he's just really good, I think, at putting the humanity in a character, even one like because if you put right. someone else as Jimmy, he could come across as like super crass or like not redeemable because of the way that he right. can rate the female baseball players um, and just how gross and ill-mannered he is as a human being. Um, like, if you, like yeah. if you put any, like, if you put Daniel Day-Lewis in that role, that's a very different movie. If you put, if you put, yes. um, Alec Baldwin, it's a different movie. Uh, but Tom Hanks, he really can balance the, the being a smart ass and being kind of a jerk with just like this innate humanity that I think kind of just draws you to his characters in general. I agree. I love that movie so much. I want to go watch it now. <laughs> okay. There's no crying um, in baseball. <laughs> and even the way he says that is just it's hilarious. I really like um, when he tells the umpire he looks like a penis with the hat on. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's it's perfectly delivered. Perfectly delivered. Uh, another one that both me and Kristen put on our list is a iconic movie uh, and won him a Rightful. Oscar, and that's Forrest Gump. So why did you pick Forrest Gump? Because it's perfectly quotable in any situation. No. Um, <laughs> uh, I love Forrest Gump. I think Forrest Gump did a lot of things for movies and just society. So... Maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like it was, like, one of the first movies to make not being a intelligent, well-dressed, perfect, you know, Harvard graduate type of guy as a main character. Like, it made it okay. Like, Forrest Gump is not stupid. He, he was very intelligent as it was, but he was a little different, and he made it okay. Like, I don't care what people say about me. It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. And it shouldn't bother you. 
look at all the things. Like, everything everyone told him he couldn't do, he ended up doing. Um, and I think that was, like, one of the first times it was really a big thing in movies. And then, like, his best friend was a black guy. And, um, like, to the point where even his, you know, Bubba's own mother was shocked when he showed up with a giant check for him. Um, he was just genuinely nice to those who were nice to him. And even some mm-hmm. that weren't nice to him, like, he was still genuinely nice to So, again, I think that movie would have been very different with anyone else. But I just think it had so many life lessons for everyone. Like, he always did the right thing, whether it was the best thing for him or not. Yeah, for sure. And just to to add a historical lens to that movie, just because I am who I am, I would always show Forrest Gump when I when I taught at the high school level. I would show Forrest Gump for U.S. history because Forrest Gump finds himself in every historically important moment <laughs> of his life. Right. Um, and so it's just a perfect film to kind of go. Um, and that's I feel like it's it's really a tale of like of humanity of giving people a chance, but also like how much the United States changed um, from the 1950s um, into the 1980s. I think that was also the story. And again, I think it's just the humanity side of it. I think it's the same reason he did Philadelphia uh, about the AIDS Mm -hmm. crisis. It's just in in terms of like, if I had to say what makes Tom Hanks such a great actor is that he's a humanist. He's someone who sees the humanity in his characters and he's really good at bringing that out and making you care about him. Even if he's grotesque, and he is um, as a character, and it's like every movie, every movie he's in, but especially Forrest Gump, he has the best one-liners. I really like when he was at the Capitol, um, and he found like Jenny met up with him, and mm-hmm. he goes to that party, and then he leaves. He's like, "I'm sorry, I messed up your Black Panther party." <laughs> like he doesn't even know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. But again, like he shows up, he shows up in every historically important moment. Um, and then right. another one of my favorites of his is Apollo 13. And this was, I remember seeing this one when I was very young because what it came out in like in 1995. Um, and so I was like probably in like third grade or something like that. And my parents let me watch it. And I just remember just being like, oh my, like, because Apollo 13 is about the the one ship that gets into problems and they're not able to land um, on the moon because of the technical difficulties and we thought we were all going to lose them. Um, and Apollo 13, like, it's just, it's very high pace. You think it's dangerous. There's so many great lines. Again, the banter between the male characters um, is so entertaining in that movie. And again, Tom Hanks plays that like stable, steady leader um, that people turn to um, to get them through a, a crisis. And I feel like that's the reason why Tom Hanks was chosen um, to be the voice of the inauguration because he, he was the guy who um, was basically introducing the different musical acts for inauguration day. Um, it's because he does. He has like we just had insurrection. We're, we're all very, like, concerned about this inaugural event that something might happen. But then you're like, oh, Tom Hanks is there. It's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. 
um, because he has such a calming demeanor as a, as a human being, and I think he definitely brings that into his role. I agree. That was a sad movie, by the way. It was a sad movie. Um, what is another <laughs> one of your favorites, Chris? So one of my favorites is one of his almost first movies. It was like the third movie he was ever in or something like that. Um, and that's The Burbs. Have you ever seen The Burbs? Mm-hmm. I have, yes. It is. I don't know why. I just bought it off of um, Apple, um, like a digital copy off of Apple. Not that long ago, it was on sale for like five bucks. And I was like, must have. Um, I don't know what it is. It, like, it's about him and his neighbors. They live in this like little cul-de-sac neighborhood. Um, and there's this one house, and it's all busted. The grass is all dead. There's weird noises at night. They don't come out during the day. They're super creepy. And he's on vacation, and his best friend is on vacation, or doesn't work. I don't know what he does, but... So they get into this thing that they're convinced that these people are, like, killing people. They find, like, a bone in the backyard, and they're convinced that they're murdering people in their basement. So they spend this week, like, trying to find evidence of that. And it's just, it's hilarious, but it's also kind of scary. And I don't know. It was, like, one of the first movies I ever saw of him. I was really young, and it was just, it's, it's fine for the whole family. There's nothing completely crazy that your children can't watch but it's it was just really good mm-hmm. i just really loved it no it, it's it is a, a very entertaining movie for sure um and again the comedic timing because tom hanks has such great comedic timing and like you said those one-liners um is really evident in that film as well yes all right and mm-hmm. my last favorite is and I will talk about, it's really Toy Story, the first one, but let's be honest, it's Toy Story, the world. Um, who can forget <laughs> Woody? The most Aww. iconic Pixar character ever. Um, it's just such a great story. Toy Story, like, it can, it brings out all the emotions for me, and it feels like every Toy Story kind of fits the stage of my life that it gets released in. Um and Tom Hanks oh, just fun. brings such life and love into Woody that it just makes him such um, an iconic character. And again, he's one of those characters that are kind of like, he's a dick. Like, Woody's very mean <laughs> and judgmental. Like, he was very mean to Bud <laughs> in the first movie. Let's be and honest. Bossy. Yeah. Um, but, like, you love him. And you'd be like, I trust you with my life. Okay, Woody? I trust you with my <laughs> life. Um, and just, it, it's an iconic character. Like, you can't argue against that. Such an iconic character. I agree. I agree. All right, you ready for my last one? I'm ready for your last one. All right, so my last one is actually a fairly newer one. And I don't even know how many people have seen it, but it's The Circle. Did you see The Circle? I have not seen The Circle. Okay, I think it's on one of the, like, HBOs or Showtimes right now. I'm going to find it. You have to watch it. Because something happened (laughs) that I feel like rarely happens. Tom Hanks was the bad guy. Wow. And not like, oh, he's the murderer. But he's like, so this movie is like, think like Apple or Google. Like, the circle is a company that does, like, 
um, it runs your life. Like there's, you have a watch, there's cameras, tablets, things like that. And Emma, Emma Watson's in it and I just adore her. And she gets this job and she, she's super happy to have this job. And like you move, she moves, she's like living on campus. It's like a campus that you live in. There's like parties, there's like socials. And as you work, you get graded in your, your, your like numbers have to be a certain level. And then she gets like, she quickly gets like wrapped up in this world where they're like, oh, we're going to watch you 24 seven from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, except when you're like using the bathroom and changing. And like she wraps her family into it and like, that much technology is not necessarily a good thing. And she quickly starts to figure that out and figure out that the circle is a little bit more controlling than she imagined. And it's all about basically like her rise and then her start to fall as well. So it's just super interesting. And Tom Hanks isn't your typical bad guy. He's like this. He's like, I don't even know. He's it's he's like the the tech robot that's trying to take over, but he's a human. <laughs> Interesting. So, I now I want to see it because that was I've the one thing I was thinking. Times. Is that Tom Hanks does tend to play more of the good guys or the guys. like jerks yeah. who don't want to yeah. be the good guys but they end up being the good guys. And then this that he's that to be he's the bad guy. Yeah, he's, like, the bad guy, but he's, like, the smiley bad guy that, like, you're, like, is he bad? But in the end, you're, like, I think he's bad. Yeah, those are the worst. And so it's, like, yeah, it's super interesting. You have to watch it. It's really – and it makes you think about all the technology we rely on. It really does. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add that to my list because I'm, I'm curious now. All right, yeah, so we've, we've gone through our favorites, but I do want to highlight some of the ones that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, so obviously, yeah. um, Tom Hanks, um, in the 90s in particular, um, did a series of romantic uh, comedies that my mom loved. Like, I've seen it a million times yeah. because it's my mom's jam. Basically, Hugh Grant <laughs> and Tom Hanks romance movies are, are my mom's bread and butter. Yes. Um, and the first one is, of course, Sleepless in Seattle, which came out in 93. And I think I've seen it. I've seen it 1,993 times. Thanks, Mom. Um, so, and that partnered him. And that partnered him up with Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan and him kind of turned into this dynamic duo. Um, and they returned again for You've Got Mail in 1998. Um, I love like, that movie. That almost made my top five. You got mail is a good one. Sleepless in Seattle, I don't get. But you got mail one, I could dig it. Yeah, Joe Fox. But even though I don't like Sleepless in Seattle, I will not argue that Tom Hanks' performance was bad because it was good. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But do you believe? Do you believe in the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan super charisma chemistry? I feel like they did do really well together. Especially when you've got mail. It was like, the, they're like awkward, but perfect. It's weird. <laughs> it is kind of weird. They kind of ha- are the same kind of uh, background actor. Like, cause like Meg Ryan tends to play yep. very wholesome, like lovable characters. Um, so they kind of like yep. mesh well in that way. Sleepless in Seattle, they didn't re- really interact very much in that movie. That's why I thought it was like funny that people were like, they have so much chemistry. I'm like, they really, they, they, they saw each other at the distance that one time, 
And then they saw each other at the end of the movie. Like, that's the only interaction they had, really, like, for that whole thing. So, like, don't know where the chemistry is in that movie. Um, but You've Got Mail is so good. Um, lots of, and also just really funny, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then another movie that I feel like is worth mentioning is um, his film Big, which is in 1988. Um, I just thought that that movie was super entertaining. He grows up I to be an adult. He's it. really a kid. <clears throat> so good. <clears throat> Shit. Um, is there any others that you wanted to mention that's on the list that we didn't quite highlight yet? Um, I just want to point out real quick, um, I really like some of the ones he's done that were based on true stories, like Captain Phillips and Sully. Um, <laughs> he does a really good job. These were car- These were ones where I said they were based on um, real stories, um, but they were kind of controversial, like the story of Captain Phillips. A lot of the people who were there say that's not exactly how it worked out, and that the captain was actually completely to blame for it. Um, and then Sully, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of controversy over the fact that he had alcohol in his system. Um, but he did such a good job. Sully was good. Captain Phillips, I think, was phenomenal. And I get really mad when people hurt Tom Hanks in movies. Like, when people pistol whip Tom Hanks, I'm like, bro, Tom Hanks. Um, but Captain Phillips is really good. Um, so you, you can't do that. Don't hit him. Um, so I just, <laughs> I really liked those movies. And I like movies that are based on true stories, so. Yeah, another another one to add to that list is The Post, um, which is about uh, the real-life events. Oh, yeah. Whether or not, yes, but that one was also a, a super good one. I felt that. Um, Tom Hanks did a really good job with that too. Um, and then of course, and also Catch Me If You Can is also um, oh, yeah, based on a true life story as well. Um, so There's and so also that thing you do. Yeah, so lots of good things. I was playing that soundtrack um, earlier today, and I was jamming. <laughs> nice. Um, and then of course, um, before we we end our discussions, there's of course the Da Vinci Code and Angels and the Demons series. Um, that he yeah. picked up. Um, I didn't get into Angels of Demons, so uh, but I did love the Da Vinci Code. I thought that was a really, really good movie. Very, very high stakes. Um, and he yep. took on that role really well. Yeah, he did. All right, so that is our our love for Tom Hanks, um, who I think is a, a, a American icon. Like, there's no way to argue against that. He just is. Yeah, fight me. We need to protect him at all costs. <laughs> fight me. <laughs> don't, please don't Hunter. fight her. <laughs> don't fight me. Just accept it. <laughs> all right, Kristen, do you have any nerdy obsessions? Um, I've been working a lot. What is my nerdy? I've been thinking about this all day. I'm like, what's my current nerdy obsession? But I am proud to announce I have finished books already this year, and they have all been four or five star ratings. So. My nerdy obsession is probably reading because I'm trying to not, I have a lot of books that were um, needed for book reviews. Um, you should check them all out. Honestly, every last one of them, they're all on nerdprop.com uh, with my reviews. So many good ones. YA fiction, mystery. So I think that's probably my nerdy obsession is reading. And I'm also, I just started rewatching Criminal Minds from the beginning. Ooh, and I was thinking about doing something similar, so that's awesome. I'm seven episodes in, so it's good so far. Cool. 
All right. Uh, probably my, Minority Obsessions is, is also book-related. I started a book that's called The Avengers and Philosophy. And what it does, it breaks down Ooh. the stories of the Avengers and the philo- and, and, and ties it with different philosophical beliefs um, and arguments. And it's probably the nerdiest thing I own. Um, and it's just, it's super fascinating. I'm halfway through and I'm like having debates with Iron Man and like how he's a utilitarian and all sorts of really cool things. Um, so if you're super nerdy like me, check out the Avengers and philosophy. Uh, it's a good book. Definitely nerding out about that. All right. So we want our feedback from you guys and we'll be asking pretty soon, um, for ideas for iconic actors and actresses in movies. So please give us, give us feedback and follow us at TalkNerdy underscore radio. Make sure you bookmark yeah. and look out at look at www.nerdprobs.com for all of those reviews that Kristen just mentioned. Um, and join our book club on Facebook called Just One More Chapter. Me and Kristen will be back on Monday, February 15th. We're going to do our TV and book show. Um, and we're doing a similar series um, with uh, TV shows. We're going to be focusing on TV actors and celebrating their work. Um, and we're going to be celebrating Mariska, Mariska Hargitay um, from SVU. So that's what, our, what we'll be talking about Yay. next week. Well, All right, awesome. everyone, have a wonderful It is, yes, seriously. We're going to, me and Kristen will be in, like, hardcore fangirling, so you will have to live with that. Just <laughs> giving you a fair warning. That's right. Precisely. Um, it will go over some of our favorite SVU episodes and some of the most iconic scenes of um, her character, and just kind of just talk about why it is it is so easy to root and fall in love with her as an actress. Um, and I do think that even though the writing is really good for Olivia Benson, I'd say 90% of it is Mariska Hargitay, hands down. 100. Um, <laughs> probably so. I wanted to give a little nod to the writers, you know, just a little. Um, All right. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.